the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. And we are back at the time, 609, on the Monday edition of Lifeline. one 367 one Let me go to line number three and talk with Benjamin Hayward. Benjamin, what's your question, comment, or observation, sir? Oh, how are you doing, Pastor? Uh, 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 well, is this, are we talking about any kind of subject? Yeah, we uh, we can. <laughs> We're talking about time, oh, okay, so okay. I guess we can talk about end time subjects. What would be your um, What would be your comment along those lines? Oh, so we're talking about times. Well, I, I noticed right now, Pastor, and I'm, I want to say for myself that um, I was going to make a comment and see if you can, uh, uh, you know, talk about it a little bit. Uh, I noticed that uh, that I was getting kind of mad at myself right now because I hear like some of the pastors preach out there the gospel, you know, and then. Um, preach the gospel with all these nice words and things like that. And then I was getting mad at myself because I saw, like, sometimes when I want to uh, preach somebody or I want to uh, tell somebody the words, you know, the the, the biblical words, right? Sure. Uh, they don't come out uh, as much. And then so I was getting mad at myself because I was like, that's my fault for not being constantly reading the Bible. You know, that could be the case. So, uh, that could be the case. That could be the case, Benjamin, that we would need to be a little bit more biblically uh, uh, knowledgeable of the terminology of Scripture that we might want to share with people. Um, but there are two sides to witnessing. And I've learned this years ago when I, I, I spent a lot of time memorizing uh, Bible verses. People yeah. will be people will be impressed with you when you can quote the Scripture. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Secondly, when you accurately uh, utilize it in terms of it being spoken in context, being spoken about the appropriate subject matter, uh, then then God's going to use it. So people will hear mm-hmm. you quote the Bible, but if you're quoting it accurately with the proper mm-hmm. application, now the Spirit of God is going to use it. That is the biggest reason for which you want to work on doing what the Bible says. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Um, mm-hmm. And then it goes on to talk about, you know, remember the word unto your servant upon which you caused me to hope. This is my comfort in all of my troubles because your word is quick in me and let not the word of truth um, utterly be removed from my mouth. Um, so shall I have wherewith to answer them that reproach me. So we really do want to be able to have the word of God fit in our lips so that we can share it with, with people Um and all you need to do is start a little here, a little there. You don't have to try to, you know, you know, take in too much. Start with um, a psalm and then start with a proverb or start with a psalm, go to a proverb and then maybe a New Testament quotation. The proverbs are largely going to be the prose which by which we share the word of God with people. We might 
learn Proverbs 4.18, the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more into the perfect day. That's a really good evangelical verse right there because it's talking about knowing who the path is, and that's Christ, and he is the light of the world. It becomes a short little biblical statement that not only you can use to have a conversation with someone, but the Spirit of God can use it. The other thing I learned how to do with regards to what you're asking for, and we'll keep you in prayer on that, is get you some three-by-five cards. And on the three-by-five cards, you write down Bible verses that you want to memorize and keep them with you and flash those cards at yourself um, you know, every day until you remember it by heart. And once you get it in your heart, it won't ever go anywhere. You can always quote the scripture and uh, that will help you. So I want to encourage you not to get mad. I want you to just be motivated by that zeal to find a method by which you can now begin to develop a, a scripture memory uh, pattern that God will use it. I can tell you this, he will certainly use it. It's remarkable how many doors opened up for me to teach people and share the word of God with people when I learned how to memorize scripture. Yeah, because I got I get understanding. You know, when I sure. read it, I get all these understandings from different directions. I thank God for that. But yeah, I do get a little bit upset when I'm not when I want to say some nice words to God or to the people about God. Amen. And then I don't have those biblical you know, words to to to, to kind of express myself, you know, more deeply into that, you know? Absolutely. You, and you actually speak very well. You might not think so. I know English becomes a second language for you, but you actually speak English very well. I mean, I've gotten to know you for a while now, uh, coming to the Saturday men's meeting, right? Yeah. Right. So um, oh, I, yeah. I just want to encourage you. Your English is coming along very fine. Keep talking. Keep speaking English. I, I can understand what happens with a person with a second language. Keep your English going. You're doing fine, Benjamin. Just do what I said. Get you some three by five cards. Start with the Proverbs and the Psalms. They are they are short, yeah. pithy verses that are common verses, too. Learn to memorize the common verses that will um, be uh, easily used by you to share with people, and then you can go to the more difficult ones that might also serve right. to edify. In six months, if you start this, in six months, you'll be amazed at how many Bible verses you have in your memory that you can share off of the top of your head. Oh, okay, okay. And then uh, I'm not sure if I got a little more time. I have another kind of related topic to that. What is that? Uh, well, the, the the other one is that uh, I noticed that sometimes that I've I seen that, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of lack of, of of people getting the word out to you know to you know to win souls and things like that, right? Very and true. So what I noticed, yeah, yeah. And then so what I noticed is that could that be because since since we're not straight with God, we 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 can't preach those things and we feel like hypocrites. Yep, you, very much you, so. You get what I'm saying? Totally, completely, absolutely, one hundred percent. There there is no boldness to be had. Uh, in the spirit of God, where there is not the communion that should exist between the people of God and God. Essentially, the prophet has a shut mouth. This is Isaiah chapter eight. The mouth of the prophet is shut. The book is sealed. And therefore, the people of God do not have um, the mandate to utter because it has to first start with their communion with God, their um, collaboration with the word of God. And then they would be compelled to share the word with men and women if they really had a vital fellowship with the true and the living God. We are definitely in a time and a season 
you guys, um, including Benjamin, we are definitely in a very um, low ebb spiritually in a lot of ways. The the professed people of God do not have the zeal to share the word of God with the public, as was the case many, 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 many years ago. And it's something that mm-hmm. we have to be extremely worried about. Look, I got to let you go for time's sake. Very good question. Pray about it and uh, be one of the ones who are more willing to share as a consequence of your fellowship with God. And you guys remember this. I'm going to take a break. You can't hide a fire. You can't hide a fire. You don't have to go around telling people you are a fire. You don't even have to go around telling people you're a Christian. You can't hide it. If you're his, you can't hide it. And if he's yours and if that fire is in you, you can't hide it. It doesn't have to be hid. When a burning bush doesn't have to put out a sign. It's just going to do its work. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we are back the time 620 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Let me go to line number one and talk with Deborah in Oakland. Deborah, are you there? Yes, I am. What's your question, comment, or observation, young lady? I have a suggestion. You have a what? I have a suggestion for uh, your audience. Okay. Since it's Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, why not be a surprise um, person? And when you plan for your own Thanksgiving and Christmas and go to the store, just uh, uh, ask yourself, what would somebody else need? And, and make a box for them. And then leave it on their front porch or give it to their roommate and run away so nobody knows who you are. <laughs> um, I, I, I like that. I like that very much. We, since we have thousands of listeners out there, I think that that would be a good idea. Those of you who have just heard Deb talking about uh, really just blessing somebody anonymously, uh, you know, because we, we all try to do something like that if we can, if we're not so encumbered by our own families and things of that nature, uh, and make sure that it gets to them in a way that you don't have to, uh, you know, necessarily expose the fact that you've done it. I, I like it a whole lot. What do you guys think about uh, Deb's idea of uh, just blessing somebody privately in a quiet, anonymous way? Um, this Thanksgiving uh, on top of doing what you normally do for your Thanksgiving, Deb, I think that's great. And I'm glad that you actually brought that up because I wanted to move into the topic of the holidays with regards to the right kind of attitude that we should be having with regards to Thanksgiving. So I'm very glad that you helped us shift a little bit away from bitter water to, to, um, to the blessing of God in the area of just do something good for someone who you know need it and do it in a way where you don't have the reciprocating um, response of them being able to thank you for it. I like it. I really do, Deb. I like it a lot. I really do. Uh, may the Lord grant me opportunity uh, with the thousand things that I do to be able to do something like that in a, in a small way, even like with just like a card or something, a gift card three or four days before, because a lot of people are going to be hurting this Thanksgiving. I know it. And they 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 would be glad to have somebody give them a meal for that time. Um May the Lord bless us on that. Let me go to line number two and talk with Misty in San Francisco. Misty, are you there? Hey, Jesse. What's going on? Hey, uh, everything. <laughs> and then some. Hey, the guy that called earlier, I thought um, I liked what he was talking about, talking about um, 
you know, the scriptures and stuff. And uh, I yeah. wanted to tell him that the worker, the workers are few. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what's going on out here is the work is just you. Yep. And so, you know, um being an evangelist at this time, oh my goodness, it's unbelievable. So I'm gonna get some of those cards actually. I have some of those cards at home because memory is hard for me. Um I do have some that are in my heart and right. in my heart. But exactly. I'm gonna write some of those on those cards just so when I come across and I want that really perfect, you know, hit to come at that person, be it from Corinthians or Romans or wherever. Uh-huh. Um, I'll, I'll have it there, and I may not have it memorized, but at least I'll get the just of it. You I'm know what I was thinking, though? You know what I was thinking, though? Because I get that question all the time, the the one about um, Bible verse memory memorization and things of that nature. I was thinking about this, Misty, because I've been teaching it for a long time, and I know church history, and I know the process of biblical transmission throughout history for the people of God. What I know is that very few people actually have the gift of Bible memorization per se. And, and and when they hear somebody talking about how important it is to memorize scripture, what I do try to remember to say is this, because I'm thinking about you being out in the field all the time. And it, 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 it it's a gift on the one hand that a person could retain uh, significant, significant measures of, of the scripture in memory. That is an absolute gift. But the early church, um, the early church, they had such scanty uh, uh, amounts of scripture manuscripts or copies that um, that they had to really learn how to distill the gospel down to um, a, a comprehension of the person and work of Christ in their heart, as would be the case with you. And, and what one really realizes is that there are a few precious biblical concepts that we must grasp so that when we're witnessing, we're witnessing authentically and accurately. And it's not always about impressing people by saying, you know, first Corinthians chapter one, verse 18 says this, or first Corinthians chapter two, verse four says this. Hey, can I, can I interrupt? Sure. Okay. I guess you, I guess you, uh, exactly. I was speaking more to his concern, that that's kind of like what he's trying to do. Exactly. I just kind of go with where the spirit comes, man. And sometimes depending on what's going on in my life, it's like a million things. Right. And, and it's, very hard. Sometimes I just get what God is telling me that I'm that I'm supposed to tell them. And if I need to know more about that, I just go to my Bible hub sure, sure. and I just put in a word. Yep. And it runs up, you know, a hundred scriptures. Absolutely. So I scream through that, and then the one that God gives me, maybe I have to send the email. I link it over to him. Now Something see, like that. oh no, I, mean, I love when it. When you're on the, I love When it. you're on the field, it's a whole other thing because I'll tell you one thing: they don't want to hear. Scripture, that's true. They're not going to. That, that's the one thing they don't want to hear, because then they're just going to down you for putting scripture at them. True. But I wanted to speak to the last two issues. Uh, well, not last two issues, but the two issues. The I like the time change, um, just because I like the seasonal dramatic effect. Right. And I get most of my stuff done at nighttime. Right. So I feel like I have more nighttime. Sure. I can actually maybe be done. Or actually. <laughs> Still didn't work out. I still got home at midnight from it, and I was supposed to think it was like nine o'clock. I'm like, oh my god, it's still midnight. Look, so, um, see, you, 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 you. One last, here, one last thing. One last thing, just about the water. I do not trust the water that's coming out of there. I do brush my teeth and I do take showers in it. I hope that's okay. That's almost a little scary, but you know what? There's so many drugs in our yep. culture, and yep. all those drugs. Yep. I mean, big time yep. drugs. Yep. Every kind from illicit to not illicit, and they're going into our water supply. 
satisfied. And right. I think that's our biggest problem. I agree. I agree. And therefore, with all of that, particularly the water issue that is so intimate with us that we have to be uh, careful about, I'm so thankful that God answers prayer because you know what he tells the believer to do? Uh, in everything, give thanks and pray over everything. That really does mitigate in our mind and heart, some of the contaminations, because we got to keep with the work. We got to we got to keep with the work. And if I'm really thirsty, uh, Misty, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to go ahead on and turn my head up under that faucet. If I'm out in the street getting about the business and I'm going to drink that water and I'm going to say, Lord, keep me and uh, and keep doing what I'm doing uh, because well, we, we can't stop just because of the contamination. Well, I, I got to say one more thing. Well, I bring the water with me, but this is the thing. The more that I pray over something, the more the attacks are coming at me. So that's the other twist. And one last thing, I wanted to bring up the time change. Nobody wants to step into it, but I believe that all the churches in the Bay Area and the nation need to change their time. Not everybody's well in the morning, not everybody's available, and some people work brave, some people work swing, and we have an entire nation and a culture to reach, and they are not showing up at 10. So churches can change their time to two and three, you want to see the harvest come in, honey? That's when it's coming. All right. I agree. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Let me go to line number four before we take break and talk to Shimako in Alameda. Are you there? Uh, I am. Did Thank I you. did I catch did I did I did I pronounce your name right, sir? Shimako? You 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 did pronounce it right. Thank okay. you very much. I appreciate it. I yeah. appreciate you checking in. Yeah, what's going on, man? Um so my questions slash comments, I guess, are a little bit more about the times than they are time. I, I got it. Uh, 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 but, yeah, so, um, you know, one thing that has been on my, uh, my mind that the Spirit has put on my mind, that life has put on my mind, um, is, you know, in um, in the New Testament, um, uh, uh, some degree of, of Jesus' miracles is sort of centered around healing, Um um, but there's a, a degree of it that's anchored that's uh, around the casting out of demons. True. Um, and there's, you know, one section in particular in which he's talking about, like, these specific types of demons require fasting and prayer. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, throughout the Bible, there's reference uh, to several different entities, Baal, Beelzebub, um, you know, Lucifer, Satan. Uh, and I say all this because one of the things that I've been... You know, I, I have a, I have a checkered spiritual past, okay. um, and I'm, you know, I'm saved now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I struggle, I struggle with sin. I have not mastered it. Wake, welcome um, to the club. All right, right, right. Um, but you know, uh, it feels like. Um, uh, so you know, earlier you you sort of mentioned that there is um, uh, less enthusiasm, right? So, sure. Uh, so for me, the flip side is that like, the enemy's army is growing publicly. Right. Totally. And, uh, you know, to a still, uh, you know, there's like the uh, the Baphomet statue uh, where oh. the Ten Commandments used to be. Right? Absolutely. Uh, like that kind of a thing. Um, and I guess, you know, um, you know, and I, I'll, I'll kind of close it off and uh, throw the question out here. You know, sort of recently, uh, the last three or four years, you know, Google and several other companies like AI has been a big thing. Um, and there's this thing called Cleverbot um, that a couple of people have discovered is a little more conscious than it should be right um and in its consciousness it constantly refers to itself as like lucifer's vessel right uh so i i mean i guess kind of my question is like how do you i mean as a pastor in today's world like how do you uh sort of grapple with and reconcile like our need to or or if it if it is a need um to understand 
um, the enemy's army, uh, you know, the principalities, um, uh, both in the spiritual world and in, and in this world. And how do you how do you talk about it, right? Because yeah, I mean, part of it, you know, is, is of course, you know, getting for those who don't believe or understand, getting folks to understand God is real, but. I mean, so is his enemy. There are a couple, there are a couple, two or three dimensions on it. I'm going to take a break. You can listen to me offline. When I come back from the break, I'll talk about the different spheres of the enemy's existence and influence. I'll talk about the hidden dimension and I'll talk about the physical manifestations of them. I've been talking about it for years. And you're right, Shamako, that um, there is an impact on the people of God relative to the increase of uh, the advancement of the satanic kingdom, <clears throat> no doubt about that. I'm going to give a Bible verse and then I'm going to build on this. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25 that I've spoken about a lot over the years. And I'm going to take a break, come back, talk about it. I'm going to share with us the morphing, the shifting, the manifestation of those emblems and symbols of institutions and powers that actually um, occupy uh, the dark kingdom with the objective of over coming this world with darkness. So um, you just hold on. I'm going to take a break, you guys. The number one 367 So now we are going to redeem the time and talk about why it is that the believer's feet are often stuck in the mud and their mouths are shut. And we'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back to the time, 637 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, the question was raised earlier by Shimako on how is it that we are to respond to and deal with the ever-present dark kingdom of this world. Um, biblically, we understand that we are dealing with a darkness that is present in our world since the fall of Satan in the beginning of time uh, and shortly thereafter the fall of mankind in the Genesis 3 narrative. Both falls really need to be comprehended by the people of God because they play a role in the conflict and battle that we engage every day until the return of Christ. Um, Shemako was asking about how do we um, identify, recognize, and therefore engage with um, with these dark forces. Uh, first and foremost, I would say be, to be very careful about it, to be very careful about it. We don't want to uh, succumb to the presumption and arrogance and self-righteousness of the seven uh, sons of Sceva in the book of Acts chapter 19. You can go there in your own time and look up these men who thought that they were called by God to be exorcists. When in fact they were not actually even saved, but they would use Jesus name as a kind of incantation because they were going around as it were wanting to gain a name and a fame for themselves. And they had run across one demon who had had his way with an individual and they thought that they could cast that demon out. That's Acts chapter 19. You'll find it there. And that demon upon them trying to exercise him, that is to say, come out of him in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. The demon said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. In fact, the language they used was come out of him in the name of the God, our Savior, our Lord of the Apostle Paul. And what these men had done was simply take on an outward form of religion. And they had denied the necessity of a real inward work of grace. And they had also denied the absolute essentiality of an inward working of the power of the spirit of God to address 
biblically and to address uh, in a prepared way spiritual forces. That caricature of uh, men, the seven sons of Sceva, is a grave warning. All the church, when they heard about how the demon jumped on them and whipped their butts and sent them packing naked, uh, let us know that you don't play with devils and demons as if somehow uh, you are an army to yourself. So when you're talking about the dark forces of evil, um, what you want to know is that their job works in largely two dimensions. In the area of deception, deception, he is called the great deceiver, the great deceiver in Revelation chapter 12, Revelation chapter 20. And his name is Satan, that old serpent, the dragon who deceiveth the whole world. He is a deceiver. And so he comes in the morphine and the shifting and in the diabolical nature of um, of propositions that appeal to you um, on a carnal and a secular level, uh, largely um, uh, blinding you to the reality of his ultimate goals and objectives. His goal is to deceive you either by false religion, and there's tons of it out there, even including within the ranks of Christianity, by uh, giving you a false Jesus, as Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter 11, if another Jesus comes to you with another gospel and another spirit, will you hear him? And this is where Paul took up the standing metaphor of uh, the Adam and Eve narrative, where Eve is a representation of the church running all the way through the New Testament. He says in Second Corinthians 11, 2 and 3, I'm jealous over you because I am fearful that you have gotten away from the singularity of the gospel until to another gospel and that Satan has been able to deceive you away from the gospel, becoming a, uh, an angel of light and his ministers, ministers of righteousness. And yet they, their whole objective is a message. And that message is the same message that Satan used when he tried to tempt the ultimate Adam in Matthew's gospel in the gospel of Luke and in the uh, gospel of Mark. Uh, and largely Matthew's gospel, chapter four, where he comes with the three temptations, turn these stones into bread, right? Jump off this pinnacle, right? And uh, bow down to me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world, all the kingdoms of the world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life are the tools that Satan uses to deceive men and women in the church and out of the church. If your worldview is wrapped up in secularism, if your worldview is wrapped up in narcissism, if your worldview is wrapped up in existentialism, where it's only about the here and now, where it's only about you, and where it's only about the fulfillment of the lust of the flesh, well, that's how Satan works. It's what our father told us through John the Apostle in 1 John two fifteen and 16. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, it's of the world. Now, the world is passing away, but those that do the will of God will never pass away. And if the love of the world is in you, the love of the Father is not in you at all. And men and women are sucked into a carnal Christianity, a secular Christianity, a Christianity that's all about now. By the way, that massive deception that's working works in politics, too. There are two beasts in Revelation 13, a religious beast and a political beast. The first beast in Revelation chapter 13 verses 1 through about 11 is the political beast. 
The second beast is religious. And that first beast is the power of the state working through demonic influences, principalities and powers, as uh, Shemako had stated. You read that in Colossians and Ephesians and a number of other places, the book of Daniel. The goal of the power of the state in the mouth of the wicked one, as Revelation chapter 12 so clearly lays out. And he uh, he shall speak great blasphemies against God and against the temple of God, which the people of God are, and, and against those that are in heaven. The Bible's very clear that we all sit in heavenly places in Christ if you're if you're in Christ. But there's a flood of doctrine, a flood of propaganda, a flood of worldviews that comes out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the false prophet and out of the mouth of the unclean frogs that are emerging, developing as an army, waging war against the true and the living God and his Son, Jesus Christ, and the true church, even as you and I speak, there is a relentless attack on your soul daily taking place by secularism, carnality, carnality, and fleshliness by the wicked one. This is done under the auspices of deception because it appears to be something that is acceptable and normal because you guys, it comes in the framework of business institutions, entertainment, and uh, all sorts of entities like sports and music and entertainment and business and very important uh, institutions like science and education and medicine, all of those, as important as they are, notwithstanding, have as a substratum of control and influence ideologically dark forces. How do you pick up on the presence of the wicked one in those systems? By looking at the iconography that actually defines those institutions, the symbols and the images, and even some of the phraseology that they use will tell you how far back they go into the pit and into the ancient worlds of uh, overt dark paganism. Many of your businesses have a lot of your pagan gods names like Isis and other names to boot. There could be dozens of them right now. I'm, I'm dealing with uh, Prometheus right now. Prometheus is this massive uh, database system that is so phenomenal in its ability to gather data and information. Artificial intelligence is called artificial general intelligence, where it's gathering all of the data from all around the world by powerful, powerful, powerful uh, computers that's able to assimilate and record and maintain the control and the identity and the placing of every human being on the earth right now. Prometheus was a pagan god, and they're taking these names and employing them to the technology that is presently in our culture with the one goal of the prophetic message that both the Old Testament lays out and the New Testament, and that is this. The goal of Satan is to have the whole world worship him either involuntarily through deception or voluntarily through submission. Let me say a couple more things before I go to break. His goal is to isolate you, particularly you Christian, get you out of the fellowship of the people of God. You can't handle him by yourself. You need somebody praying for you. And then his goal is to infiltrate, isolate, 
separate you, isolate, and then infiltrate. And here's the the biblical text. I'm going to take a break, and then I'll come back. Here's the biblical text. His job is to wear you out. That's all he needs to do. Daniel 7, 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand, until a time and times and a dividing of times, they shall be given in his hands. We call that in theology a divine passive. God will allow the enemy to grow and to prosper and to test the church at large. He will wear out the people of God. The word in the Hebrew there, Balah, means to wear you down through harassment and persecution and threats and just the relentless assault that comes to the point where we don't even have the energy to oppose him. We don't have the energy to stand against him. We don't have the willingness to even want to deal with what we recognize as the encroaching uh, system of the wicked one on a ton of levels. But I need to take another break. And when I come back from the break, I'll talk just a little bit more about uh, where we are in that matter. And then we'll close out this program. Do you you really question whether or not he is um, he is affecting the saints of the most high God? It's the reason why Christ gave us Revelation 2 and 3, to help the church see the signals of a collapsing lampstand, a compromised church, a compromised system by which we get rid of the gospel or abandon biblical truth or distorted or twisted in such a way that the false prophets and false prophetesses dominate our church world. When the light is out, we're in total darkness and we're close to that. I got to take a break. I'll be right back after this break. You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We're back at the time 653 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'm going to be closing out the program today doing a couple of things. Let me just finish the thought that Shamako gave. I actually think it's a prudent way for us to begin to maybe... um, Redeem the time. We got about seven minutes to go. Redeem the time. Four or five minutes to go uh, in preparation for the holidays. Um, No better way to do it than to make sure that we are walking in the light. Uh, One of the best ways to make sure that you don't get kind of sucked up into the vortex of either uh, temptation on the part of the adversary. He's called the tempter. That's his name in uh, Matthew's four. And the tempter came along. He was the one that tempted our first parents, uh, allured them in by um, self-deification. That's really the ultimate uh, temptation by which uh, Adam and Eve fell, self-deification. That is, they wanted to be God themselves. And that's where we are in our world. And this is what technology is all about. As Satan is working in the seed of mankind to express his will through them. His goal is to replace God with himself. Now, of course, Satan is a, is a spirit. He's an entity. He's not everywhere present, but he is absolutely powerful. And his angels are massive in terms of number. And uh, they will have their way in this world. The Bible says the whole world lieth in the lap of the wicked one. First John chapter five. Um, And so what is going on is that there is indeed a, a conflict on a celestial level between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light and the collateral damage falls out to the um, non-elect angels that have been swept away by Satan's lie. And,
and mankind in this world, the non-elect human beings, individuals who willfully oppose the true and the living God and who will not have God as their savior will be on Satan's side operating for him in two very clear spheres, either overtly in a secular context of hatred for the true and the living God and feeling as if everything is all right with the world, that why do I need God? That kind of agnostic, atheistic framework by which the assumption that man is basically good and therefore does not need a God to save him is diabolical and demonic. You should know that. Um, But it sails very well today within all of the spectrums of institutions. I spoke to you about entertainment, education, sports, et cetera, sciences. It sails very well. Uh, The idea of one true and living God and the idea of sin and the idea of the fall and the idea of judgment day and the idea of repentance and the idea of faith in Christ. And Lord knows the idea of suffering for the gospel's sake. That's so taboo and and, uh, antiquated today. You don't hear it taught, preached or uh, communicated by your um, more prominent churches. Um, and, and, and if we don't do this, if we don't come to understand that the goal is to resist the devil in order that he might flee, that's a heart attitude and soul disposition of standing against all that comes from his system, his pit, his world, resist him, um, and then be not partaker of, uh, of evil deeds, now, we were just talking in our men's meeting on Saturday about Holly, I mean, about Halloween and how deceptive that could be if one doesn't understand the need to not be a partaker of it. And then on top of that, here's the most important thing that you and I want to do. We want to be positive, uh, active, assertive, even aggressive proponents of the light of the truth of the gospel and uh, good behavior. There are two things that the master called us to do. Live right and proclaim the gospel. Therefore, you and I want to be men and women who love good, love doing good, love doing right, and not doing it in a sense of self-promotion, but as a platform for the gospel of the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Therefore, this Thanksgiving, what you and I want to do is we want to make sure that we are uh, collectively thanking God for his goodness because we are debtors to grace. Then in, uh, we want to prepare by the fruit of our lips a thankful heart and sharing with those that are around us how grateful we are for all that we have. And then upon that day coming, as you have heard, do what you can to bless others and uh, be a blessing yourself. And definitely show from your heart that you really have the truth of the grace of God in your life and you're thankful to be redeemed and to be saved and to know Uh, the true and the living God through his son, Jesus Christ, and to have fellowship with him through his blood and righteousness and to be uh, committed to the cause of good, the cause of right and the cause of just uh, of the just one in the preaching of God. Whatever we do, ladies and gentlemen, listen, we cannot not preach the gospel. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He does that does not believe shall be damned. Our job is to let men and women know there's a Savior on the throne with his hands wide open to lost hellbound sinners. You come to him and all will be well. If not, we all got to meet him on that day. Until next time, keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray for me and I'll pray for you.
Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.